Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. This is your good friend, the very esteemed and well-travelled Clarence Copernicus Cloverleaf. Welcoming you to another exciting edition of Cloverleaf Radio, hosted by the host with the most, Jimmy Falcon. You can always feel free to call in at 602-753-1883 to ask a question to the host or any of his well-established guests. Just please remember when calling in to be on your best behavior. This is a G-rated show, you know. Hey, that was a wicked rhyme. Anywho, just be sure to be kind and courteous. Now, on to the main event. Hello to all our dear listeners. This is your spokesman with a plan, Clarence Cloverleaf, coming to you after somewhat of an absent spell, as since December of 2018, I've been sailing around the world. From Italy to Canada, I've been making my way across this beautiful land of ours, searching for new meaning to an older existence. I'm happy to say I'm back now, and here to let you in on some stuff going on as of late. In mid-2018, the Cloverleaf Radio Network expanded to include our friends Josh and Ariana over at Night Moves Radio. It's been a splendid partnership, and Jimmy, Jane, and I are happy to welcome them to the family. They also brought along Soul Stories, which features inspiring poetry, read by the author herself, Ariana Cherry. We've been brought onto many new networks, including Anchor, the ASY Podcasting Network, WordPress, Podbean, even iHeartRadio. We've also started a fresh new YouTube page, as well as updating our Twitter, Blog Talk Radio, and expanding our network to new segments, more radio reunions, all news guests, and so much more. Also, the Cloverleaf Radio Network, Jimmy, Ariana, and Josh, will be appearing upcoming at two conventions, Silcon and Dark History Con. Silcon will be held September 6th and 7th, 2019 at Cross County Mall in Mattoon, Illinois, while Dark History Con will be held October 26th and 27th, 2019 at the City Centre Performance Venue in Champaign, Illinois. Be sure and check out the newest guest appearances, as well as find out about up-to-date ticket information by visiting www.silcon.com or www.dhhcon.com. Although, please note, Silcon is a free event. Thank you, everyone, for continuing to follow and support us for 11 years. This is Clarence Cloverleaf saying... Good day to you. All righty, we are back for another exciting edition of Cloverleaf Radio. I'm the host of us, Jimmy Falcon. Finally started to get my voice back, but still there's some kind of uh, mucusy, uh, gooey membrane stuck up in the nostril area somewhere, maybe going up to the brain by now. Not quite sure. But here's a guy, our special guest, I mean, that uh, knows so much about everything. He may know the right thing to do to get a... Uh, a large disc lodged out of your navel, navel, nasal crevice. Brian K. Morris, how's it going, my friend? I am doing well, sir. How are you tonight? Other than this 
golf ball sized uh, thing that you uh, need desperately dislodged. <laughs> I'm not, you know, I'm doing pretty good. It seems like the ragweed is uh, terrorizing America right now. I know a lot of uh, guests I've had on from different parts of the, the nation have had a lot of issues with their allergies and just throat problems and nasal issues and headaches and drainage and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true. I, I know a number of people have, but uh, as far as headaches go, I don't get them. I am a carrier. <laughs> I, I'm thankful I don't uh, really get much headaches, but uh, everything else is on the table, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. I don't know. What, you know, I'm, I still get along pretty well for being chubby. You know, us chubby guys got to stick together, and we got to keep the chubbiness going. So I think I'm doing all right yeah. for, for having a couple extra pounds on the belly. Well, there you go. See, you're doing fine. <laughs> well, what's new with you? It's been some time since, we've, uh, since you have been on the show, and you're always going crazy with conventions, and you have your own publishing house now, and you're helping out a bunch of other people, which is so cool, doing comics and everything. So what is newest with you, first off? Holy cow. Um, Well, I just wrapped up a novel project with uh, another publisher. Uh, Contracts have not been uh, fully signed yet, so I'm not at liberty to discuss it yet. But uh, it'll be major when it comes out, I'm sure. Plus, I have a story in, you know, I heard your introduction, that splendid voice who introduced this show. Um, He mentioned Ariana Archeri, and uh, I have a story in her latest release, Dreamscapes, which I'm very happy with. It's all about how uh, if they had listened to me when I was eight years old, there's a bunch of adults who would have survived a mummy attack. Oh, my goodness. I know that uh, Josh and Ariana were working so hard on getting that anthology put together, and uh, from what I've seen, it looks great. And I'm sure yeah. just getting uh, so many contributing uh, authors and poets together uh, to make an anthology, just the work itself has to be astounding. Yeah, I can't imagine uh, the amount of work that uh, Ariana and JW had to do to make that thing fly. But uh, I'm glad they did. It's a fine-looking book. I'm proud to be in it. And I've got some of my friends in there, too. So it's a uh, it's all a family affair there, like Sly and the Family Stone used to sing about. So uh, I've got that going. Um, I'm of course, uh, w- oddly enough, winding down my convention season now, which means I've only got like ten more shows to do before the end of when before fall gets here. Uh, I'm booked up till November, uh, but one thing I'm going to be uh, very happy to do is this weekend I'm going to be. Uh, joining you and a whole bunch of my cool friends at Silcon in uh, Mattoon at the Cross County Mall. Absolutely. I was so kind of depressed, actually, last year without, you know, when when these conventions become uh, such a part of you when you go for, uh, you know, year after year, and, you know, something happens that they decide not to have it one year. It can be upsetting, and uh, I, I missed my family last year. I mean, I'm glad we, you know, got to see each other at Art History Con, and uh, you, of course, your your family is a lot bigger because you go to all these conventions, and, and you're such a great person, willing to help everybody out, and your personality just beams like uh, <laughs> like Cyclops in that picture. 
There we go. There we go. A reference everyone can understand. And you think about it, 15 years yeah. ago, people have been looking at you going, what are you talking about, Jimmy? Um, but now we're mainstream. The geeks are now mainstream. So that's, that's, I've been waiting all my life for that to happen. Well, and something that uh, even kids my age wouldn't uh, might not get since the show ended in 1971, when you said family fair, I automatically thought of Buffy, Mary and Issa Jones. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, here's a tie-in. Um my middle initial is K, and my parents originally were going to make my middle name Brian Keith in honor of the actor. Yes. But in at the last wow. moment, they reneged, and they changed it instead to Kevin because they thought I might get picked on in school if I was named Brian Keith. And so, of course, an overweight, geeky kid in uh, school would never get picked on. Thanks, Mom and Dad, for everything. <laughs> I think after, especially after like 20 years now since I, it's been over 20 years since I was in kindergarten, but thinking back to the early to mid-90s when I started going to school and mm-hmm. the sweaters and the hair, mm-hmm. it's just oh, yeah. the whole 90s thing, and I love it. It's, it just brings back memories, but I think after 20, 30 years, you look back at your school photos and you just go, what? was the times thinking because now you're like oh this looks so retro oh yeah well keep in mind that i'm you know a good 20 years up on that you know i was in school in the 60s and 70s and uh, you know my i don't have school photos i have more like cave drawings and uh they're and i looking at my old photos i guess following no fashion is a decision in itself so um you know, I can remember coming in at the end of the Pompadour era and uh, going through, like, the British invasion where everybody had mop tops. And uh, I just managed to evade all the uh, popular uh, trends at the time and uh, just forged my own way, kind of like I'm doing now. So, Well, and I think that, uh, of course, anybody who has enough gall and enough uh, attention to details that could start their own company, a publishing company, a construction company, heating and air. If you can become your own boss, I think that's perfect because you, you don't have to listen to anybody but yourself. <laughs> Unless you're married because uh, my wife, Cookie, well, is my yeah, business manager. So, um, yeah, I, I do I do serve um, a cruel and relentless master here. So, uh, But, no, 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 I, <laughs> I love being my own boss. I really do, and I do recommend it for a lot of people, particularly in the creative fields. Um, a lot of times, um, let's just say that the people we think have our back really don't, and so it's good to, you know, if, at least if you're going to have to go through all the problem of getting people to learn your name and getting them to notice whatever discipline you follow – and attending shows and doing interviews and everything, that at least when you're your own boss, you get to keep more of whatever comes in, you know, money-wise and fame-wise, attention-wise, whatever-wise. Absolutely. I think if you if you're a great singer and you have the capability, uh, you should you know go about a music career or even doing YouTube is amazes me. 
how fast you can become a star off of YouTube. If you have the right tags, the right title, the right video, um, you can really blow up in a matter of days. Something gets oh, shared yeah. once, twice, and it's boom. Just oh, cataclysmic. Yeah. I mean, that's true. I mean, look at uh, Justin Bieber a few years ago, and now we've got Billie Eilish. Oh, and I actually like Bieber Fever. Beaver fever. I oh, do yeah. too because um, I realized that Billie Eilish has Tourette's syndrome, which I was diagnosed with in fourth grade. And uh-huh. just being able to uh, get out there and do stuff without having those uh, motor issues or those, uh, you know, cussing for some people affect you. It, it can't be trying. Going back, right. to, you know, being picked on in school. You know, if you're a nerd, pizza face, mm-hmm. you have anything that makes you out of the status quo, it's like you're automatically labeled as weird, nerdy, uncool, and that sucks. It does. It it, it really does. I, I tell people that when I graduated uh, about from high school about 400 years ago, uh, my, my parents <laughs> had bought me a new suit, and my relatives, of course, had given me money to start my my new life. Mm-hmm. And as I'm walking down the hall to return my cap and gown, and I'm, I'm, it, it dawns on me that people um, leaving prison are general at the time at least were always given like $25 in a new suit. And here I am walking down the hallway of this place I've spent four years of unrelenting hell in. And I've got a new suit and money in my pocket, and the irony of that was not quite lost on me. I started cackling like a madman. Yeah, they get in the hall. A lot of people's like, last memory of today. me. So <laughs> get to the end of the hall, and they're like, "Morris, you're out." And the gate open. <laughs> oh, if only, if only. Now, high, high school was a better. Better than a lot of people have it for me, but mostly because I had somehow early on ran out of uh, dams to give, and yeah. um, and my my uh, usual lack of uh, respect for the established authority came to the fore too many times. So it was it was high school was a trying time for me, but once I got into college and I had a lot more freedom, particularly intellectually. Um, that's when life started getting good for me. And even to this day, I love learning new things, which is part of my publishing gig, that every day there is always something new down the line. And it keeps it keeps the process fresh for me. And plus, uh, like I said, I, you know, I enjoy the attention. I enjoy helping others find their path in this, uh, this little adventure called publishing. And the nice thing is, it doesn't have to cost a lot of money, um, but you have to you have to invest mostly in time and effort. So, but a lot of people, if they're willing to do that, can find themselves with a satisfying creative career. Yeah, you make a great point. It's great that um, you're willing to help out so many people because I have advice to give occasionally on radio, but. I feel like when it comes down to it, I'm not. This isn't a paying gig yet. We're still working on all that. It's been a a very tried and timing, uh, you know, little gig side fun thing I've enjoyed doing and for you know over a decade now. But it seems like you know you're right. At the end of the day, 
it's great to be your own boss and be able to have some of that money coming in so you can put more back into your product. Exactly. And in your case, let's, you know, you know I will remove your imposter syndrome. This is a, a term I've just recently learned where um, other people may see us as being higher up on the food chain than we feel we are. But like you said, you've done this for over a decade. You're damn good at what you do. And, you know, you have a lot of knowledge and you have seen a lot of changes over the time that you've been broadcasting. So you've got things to teach other people. And like with publishing, in my case, I feel that, like, if you can teach other people how to do this correctly, how to do it with as much quality as you're able and to do it with, you know, as as strong as sense of ethics, I guess you could call it, in far as your business dealing and your personal dealings with people, if you can maintain that, it isn't so much that you're going after a larger piece of the overall pie, but by your good work, you're going to grow the pie for other people. And thus your slice grows too. Absolutely. You know, starting off, I think, you know, anybody – I mean, not anybody, but at least for me, being a small-town kid, uh, you know, always had a feeling I wanted to do something with my life that got me out of this small town. And although Mm -hmm. I haven't left yet, I still am based here, it's taken me a lot of great places. I've met a lot of great people. And you're right. I mean, trust me, I've I've yelled at a few people on the phone who decided they wanted to call up and start cussing at me over something. But 99% of the time, I'm professional as ever. Um, I, mm-hmm. I try to have a G-rated product that everyone can enjoy, and unfortunately, some people don't seem to read that fine line in the inquire that we're G-rated, and they just start spouting stuff. But <laughs> yeah, it's it's trying I sometimes. You. I mean, I know you you've been uh, just even before you had your own company, you've been an author for so many years that I know you've had that time where you go, "What is this even worth it anymore?" You have to keep yeah. going, and that's I found that maybe hardest of all. Well, that's when you have to believe in yourself. You have to believe in what your the people closest to you are telling you, that you can do this, that you have talent. And you see other people who have maybe had bigger hurdles to cross than you or I could ever think of. Um, one right. person I think of, and I find a lot of inspiration from him, is a uh, motivational speaker by the name of Les Brown. He is a very funny uh, speaker, but he is very insightful as well. And this is a guy who was literally born on a dirt floor. He and his brother, his brother, were immediately, like fresh out of the womb, immediately separated and raised, adopted by two different families. To add to that, Brown was... Um, some people, you know how some people just don't test well in school. There's just something about the test structure yeah. that doesn't appeal to them, and they don't respond well. Well, um, Brown, Les Brown was very intelligent, but he tested as if he were mentally handicapped. And so they put him in that class in grade school. But one day in sixth grade, um, sixth grade is about the time they tried mainstreaming a lot of the um, mentally impaired, you know, children in school, at least in my my history they used to. Um, and one day the teacher has the class with the, the mixed class, and he tells 
uh, Les Brown, there's a problem. There's a math problem on the board. I want you to go up there and solve it for the class. And Les is like, I'm sorry, but I'm, you know, I'm mentally impaired. I can't do that. And the teacher's saying, well, how do you know that? And Les says, well, I took a test, and that's what they told me. He said, don't ever let – and the teacher said, don't let anyone ever tell you, define who you are. Don't let them tell you who you are. You make that up for yourself. And since that day, Les Brown has created multiple businesses, multiple streams of uh, income. He's a multimillionaire. Um, wow. You know, he, and he's got you know all these businesses. He's got you know his motivational speaking. He's a published author. He does podcasts. He's he's just all over the place. He does uh, videos. Um, he was married to Gladys Knight for heaven's sake. So let's talk about accomplishment there. Uh, so um, wow. Yeah, so you know he's you know here's a guy that started like at less than nothing, and you see where he went, but he did it through hard work, through determination, and through believing in himself. And you know that's the sort of example that I like to follow, and hopefully I give something at least like one one hundredth of that sort of impression to other people. Yeah, I almost think. Um... I've had to be persistent. You have to sometimes not take no for an answer. Um, sure. Especially, I hate Facebook because it'll it say like red three twenty one a.m. and then like a week and a half later, you've heard nothing from this person. You're like, okay, do you want to do it? Do you not want to do it? I could get right. a no. I'd rather hear a no than nothing. Oh yeah, that's that's true in a lot of areas. Uh, I've dealt with editors who. Um, the minute I f- send something off, you know, I, 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 for some reason I feel that I ought to hear back from, from them within 10 minutes of the contract. Um, but my, um, my, one of my art directors, uh, Trevor Hawkins, uh, who does my paperback covers, he has a way of making sure people respond. What he does is he will write an email to me, hit send, and the minute his finger leaves that key, he's on the phone calling me asking me if I've read that yet. Hmm. I'm trying to explain to him, you know, electricity doesn't work that fast, as fast as you do. You have to give it time to come through the interwebs and show up in my laptop before you start calling me and asking my opinion on things. Of course, I revealed that to him, and, of course, ever since then, he's got it timed so that, you know, I I am picking up the phone just as he's hitting enter. Yeah, I I can understand doing that. I've done – I've – Maybe not that fast, but I've been uh, a guilty party to that myself. Uh, especially, it seems I always said the people I think I'm going to get, I don't get. But the people I never imagined I could get, like a Lou Ferrigno, for example, is who gets oh, right yeah. back to me, and it it just drops your jaw. You're like, oh, yeah. Isn't it great to deal with professionals? <laughs> I have to deal with as many as I can to try to learn some level of professionalism. <laughs> <laughs> well, this show will set you back about ten, uh, ten steps. I'm sorry, but um, but no, no, I you know I I, I love it when people uh, are prompt with their response, and it inspires me to try to be at least as prompt in mine. I I try not to blow anyone off when you know, they correspond with me because people you know took the time to write to you, so they do deserve some sort of answer. Absolutely. I did want to mention, of course, you've you've done so much with comics and with Charles over at Silver Phoenix, and uh, you guys have uh, recently done some. Uh, you've got some re-release stuff. Um, 
which I thought was pretty cool. Spencer Spook was one of them. Um, how do you go about, uh, you know, getting something, say you grew up reading this comic book. You're like, I'd love to be able to write something more to this or follow this story. How do you go about doing that? Because I think that has to be uh, very hard in itself. It can be. Now, Spencer Spook, uh, like Skyman, who I have a novel out, the original Skyman Battles the Master of Steam, yes. available on Amazon and Smashwords. Um, the, um, I happen to know the man who bought those properties. Um a man named Ron France, who himself published comics back in the mid-1980s. But this was during a time when there were multiple distributors, not just one big one like we have now in Diamond Distributing. And a number of these companies were going under and uh, basically leaving Ron with uh, unpaid bills. And so he decided he'd rather keep his house than his publishing empire. But he had purchased the rights to characters from the Golden Age of Comics, such as Skyman and the face uh, from Columbia Comics, and also Spencer Spook from uh, ACG, American Comics Group. And he just held on to him for years, and then he and I, we worked together on a project. He had uh, sent an interview to a magazine. They needed a transcriber, and so they called me to do the transcription. Well, then Ron called to thank me because he's one of those old-time gentlemen like that, and he and I struck up a firm friendship, and then uh, – it just got to the point where when I told him, hey, I'm doing books and comics now, and he, he and I worked out a deal to do these characters that he owns the intellectual properties. Now, the stories themselves from the Golden Age are in the, goal, the public domain. The characters themselves are not. And he's yeah, also willing to show you the paperwork when it goes through your attorney when he takes you to court. So anyway. Wow. <laughs> well, I was going to say it's that's it's one of those catch twenty twos it seems like. Um songs can be in the public domain or you might think they right. are because they're so old, but somehow someone owns like Happy Birthday was in litigation not too long ago, and that song is older than anybody we've probably ever known. So That's it, it amazes true. me that something like Happy Birthday that everybody has sung multiple times around the whole mm-hmm. United States, around the whole world, it right. would come up in, in some kind of litigation. So you made a great point. Right. And then the thing is, there are so many wonderful properties in the public domain. I just recently have written a couple of stories about characters that are clearly in the public domain. I I find them fascinating, and they can be used as springboards for new characters. And there's a lot of new work coming out in books and in comic books from people who are taking um, public domain characters as well as um, what they call abandoned copyrights, where the copyright owner just cannot be found. So you know, like uh, there's a yeah, like there's a group of friends uh, I have who have adopted the old uh, Charlton, not Charlton, excuse me, that's somebody else. That's that's part of that is public domain. But they uh, the old Dell Comics Group. Uh, at one point, Dell was the number one best-selling publisher in America, like right after World War II. Of course, they had licenses for things like Tarzan and the Disney characters, the Warner Brothers characters, Roy Rogers, Dale Evans, all these great popular uh, characters uh, from those times in movies and radio and such. So uh, 
but then they had some proprietary characters too, such as a superhero superheroic versions of Dracula, Frankenstein, and the werewolf. And those are the characters that, that uh, my my friends are doing. So. Yeah, it seems like uh, Dell Comics had uh, did a lot with Walt Disney as well. Uh, comics and stories, mm-hmm. Uncle Scrooge, Mickey Mouse. Oh yeah, little Carl Bark stuff. Yeah, beautiful work. Still holds up to this day. I, I feel kind of left out because I I am nerdy in a lot of ways, but I never got into comics. I just I just never did. It never struck. Still doesn't seem to strike me as something, but um, I know. Kids love them, and they've seemed to have had a big resurgence in recent years. You said a lot of companies seem to go down uh, after the golden age and going up to the 80s, but there has been quite a big resurgence. And I think that's awesome because it gives a lot more uh, authors a chance to work together and a great team of artists to come up with a whole new product for a whole new generation of kids and adults to enjoy. Oh, exactly, and then so much new stuff is being made in the independent comics market, uh, such as um, my my comic drawing partner, Eric Hawkins, no relation to Trevor, uh, he just published a, a beautiful book called The Zombiful World of Oz, and it basically takes Dorothy after the Oz books and mixes it with some steampunk and some zombies and frankly, it's one of the two best comics I've read this year. I think the idea for it sounds stupendous. <laughs> like the way you just put it out there seems like uh, it would enthrall anybody, especially with classic characters in the new light. I mean, come on, that's awesome. Oh yeah, seriously. And uh, Eric was told by a major comic professional on a uh, broadcast, a YouTube broadcast recently, uh, that this. Uh, artist slash writer hated Eric because Eric thought of this amazing idea first. And it's one of those that when Eric first told me about it, I'm like, why didn't I think of this? This is is so simple, so obvious, and so genius. And Eric does a fantastic job with it. And he will be, you know, a little plug here for Silicon, he will be in uh, Brian's Love Shack, um, this coming Saturday at, uh, during all day long, and he will have copies of that comic to sell, and he'll be doing sketches too. Very awesome. Well, we have stopped the live stream, but we have some time left in the archive recording, uh, so I did cool. want to wrap up because I hate getting disconnected. It's so it feels so weird when we're in mid thought, and it just thank you for using Blog Talk. Goodbye. Ah. You are done. Yeah, I, but, I used uh, to use Blog Talk Radio <laughs> a long time for a podcast I use, and uh, it could be a little draconian at times. So <laughs> I understand. Yeah, I understand. People, I, feel, uh, I feel you. People give me the whole. There's still a Blog Talk, man. I used to use Blog Talk back in the day. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm also still on MySpace too, if you're interested. But. <laughs> Yeah, but that's just the whole retro thing because that's where we started off. Actually, uh, when I started doing stuff out of the studio at college, I'd just upload stuff to my MySpace. So I actually went back there and tried to refigure this new setup they have and upload some new stuff. So, oh, cool. Well, good. It's all about obviously uh, still using MySpace. (laughs) Yeah, mostly musicians. I thought it'd be cool uh, for a good retro thing and to uh, never forget where I came from. Yeah, excellent idea. I, I agree completely. 
Well, since we're almost out of time, and I always like to have uh, my guests plug, plug, plug a Rooney, uh, the last question. I always ask what the future holds for you. Of course, we have SoCon tomorrow. And I know you mentioned yes, you have do. some more cons coming up. And everything you got going on, go ahead and plug away, my friend. Me plug things? Well, as unused to that as I am. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah right. We um, have 14 anyway. minutes, Brian, so uh, so watch out there on your plug-in. Yeah, I better talk fast. Um, <laughs> but if uh, anyone wants to uh, find out what I do, go to Amazon. Do a search for Brian K. Morris, and I will pop up. Uh, I have about half a dozen books Nonfiction books uh, such as Santa Stein, the uh, post-holiday uh, Prometheus, as well as my series book, Volcano, Rebirth of the Champion. I'm currently working on the sequel. And the aforementioned uh, original Skyman Battles, The Master of Steam. And uh, also, um, and this year I've also published a nonfiction book called Amazon Book Reviews Made Less Impossible, A Reader's Guide to Rewarding Authors where readers can find out why their reviews are so important to their favorite authors and why they should write reviews and why authors should be asking for them because you can train Amazon to sell your books better. Also, I provide a handy template for people who don't have the first idea about how to write an Amazon book review. It's very handy. Uh, And if you want to find out what I'm doing, I'm also on Look for Rising Tide Publications on Facebook. I have a website, uh, risingtide.pub, but it is in, it needs an overhaul so badly. It's a hard hat zone right now. So go to the uh, Facebook page. You um, can find it very easily through my own personal page. And give us a like because we have brand new content every day of the week and usually more than one item. Today we asked a question. We had an AMA uh, session, Ask Me Anything, and uh, talk about tiptoeing through a minefield. That would be it. Uh, plus, I will be at um, I will be at SoCon, like Jimmy said. Um, I'll be at SoCon this coming uh, Friday and Saturday in a special room called the Love Shack, and I will be joined by people such as um, Ariana Archeri, J.W. Wright, Prometheus Susan, Austin, Austin and Logan Malcolm, Kathy Pavlik, Lacey Lynn Becky, uh, Amy Hale, Kathy Jackson, T.L. Shively, Molly Daniels, Isaac Hicks. Mike Ricksecker and more, more, more. How do you like it? How do you like it? And then Saturday, <laughs> I will be um, I, uh, at one thirty. There will be an authors panel with myself and noted romance authors Kathy Jackson and Amy Hale will be discussing freelancing and self-publishing and being published by others and how you can develop your. Um, freelance writing career, and then at 5.15, from 5.15 to 6 o'clock, I am uh, interviewing Kajosha Ono, the real-life queen of the paranormal. Go to queenoftheparanormal.com to find out why she is a real-life superheroine, and joining us will be Charles D. Moissant, and we are going to be having a nearly global audience. It will be a special episode of my own vlog, Never Mind the Furthermore, which runs on my, my page, on Facebook every Monday and Thursday at 9.30 Eastern, 8.30 Central. Plus, we have another show that we do on Tuesday nights called Clever Title Pending. And, yes, that is the name of the show. No, I'm not waiting for your suggestions. <laughs> um, and uh, it runs, like I said, at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, and it's all about the business and the, uh, the acts of creativity. And other than that, I'm a hermit. I don't do anything. Well, I think just... Clever title pending as the name is genius because that's like you just look at it and you're like, well, this is if you 
he's never seen it before. He's like, does this guy know what he wants to call a show? But I think for the name of the show, that's terrific. <laughs> well, one of my – It works. I kind of got inspired. Thank you. I, thank you. I appreciate that. One of the things that inspired me was a Broadway play that actually won a Tony or two called Title of Show. And it's a play Very about cool. two guys writing a play about two guys writing a play. Uh, <laughs> so it's very clever, but uh, that was kind of in the back of my mind when I named the Tuesday show. Um, plus, we are work, we are starting work on our next uh, book, Aquatic. Plus, if you want to sign up for my monthly newsletter, the, first, the next issue will be going out uh, around noon tomorrow Eastern. So go to my Rising Tide Publications page, and you can sign up for it before it's too late. And because we're going to talk in there about our brand new book, Aquatic. Very awesome. I think I'm well, done. I want to thank you. Uh, <laughs> I did want to mention uh, before I wrapped up. Thank you for putting in again such a good word uh, with Kairosha for me because she was such a great person to talk to, and I can't wait to meet her this weekend. Um, same here. We've been friends for about four years, and all we've done is like send emails and PMs and talk on the phone very frequently. But this is the first time we're going to be in the not only the same you know state, but the same building. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing her too, and I'm glad that you got uh, to talk to her. She is a real life superhero, and she's a darling lady. I love her so. Yeah, some of the stuff she's done would make uh, Stephen King go, oh, my goodness, I have 15 new books now. And no It's joke. amazing. Yeah, she is. She's, She's she is an absolute thing. marvel. She is. And plus, uh, Eric Hawkins and I are doing a comic book based on her exploits, her real-life exploits. Yes, the first true uh, – how did you guys put that? The first real-life comic book hero – Yes, the first real-life real life superhero with her own comic book. Because she is, is a real-life superhero. She has paranormal abilities. Plus, um, while there have been women in comics, um, even going back to the days of, like, who had their own titles, such as Day 11s of Roy Rogers' Day 11s, yeah. Supergirl, Wonder Woman, Ms. Marvel, Captain Marvel, uh, but Kondrosha, is those are all made up characters. Uh Kadrosha is the real deal and she is the first person to have her own comic book. And we will be doing a Kickstarter for that probably later this month. So keep uh keep um listening to the rising tide, keep and we'll make you aware of everything we're doing on that uh, on that front. That is so awesome. I love Kickstarter for people who want to make uh, books or films, anything if you have the the right idea behind it, if you have the way to sell it, and I know you, you could sell uh, a hot dog to a pig. So I think <laughs> with the way uh, you can write up stuff and uh, the way you guys work hard and uh, promoting and plugging and getting funds, I think it's going to be great. Well, thank you. We're uh, I'm I've turned in the script already. Eric has started uh, drawing it, and he's doing some of the best art of his career. He really is, and I'm. Very proud to be associated with this project, so I'm I'm excited for it when it finally comes out. Yes, I look forward to uh, hearing more about it, and I think I'm just going to have to pick up a comic and start looking at it because I don't think there's any other way that I'm going to read one unless I just do it. It's kind of like life. Yeah, pretty much. And the nice thing is, um, uh, you open up a whole new world 
when you open up a comic book. There's a special language to storytelling in those. Um, and you know, like if you're, you're a fan of like Peanuts or um, you know the daily strips, Doonesbury, what have mm-hmm. you, um, it's the same principle, just in a larger format that allows the artist and writer a little bit more leeway in uh, how they tell their story. That's really interesting. I never even thought about that, about it like that. But uh, we are getting close to that time where we will get rudely disconnected. So before that <laughs> happens, thank you again so very much, Brian, uh, for continuing to come on and, and supporting us and uh, saying that I'm, you know, a great uh, host because sometimes you have to hear those things to. Uh, well, well to you keep are, going. man. You are. I, I could I could be doing any number of things right now, but I can't think of anything I'd rather do than talk to you. Well, I appreciate that so much, Brian. I think from the first moment I saw you at the first SoCon, I go, this guy, just just look at the fez, look at the bow tie. <laughs> this guy's my kind of guy. There we go. That's and we bonded. That. You, you're one of the few again. people who've worn my fez, so you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, yes, it's not an honor I can bail because I still share the photo because I feel so uh, happy to have worn it. I love the fez. <sighs> I, well, I'm pleased to have fezed you. <laughs> All righty, Brian. I'll see you this weekend. And of course, guys, if you are in the area, if you're not drive to the area, if at all possible for Silicon, and check out uh, Brian's Love Shack and all the authors and artists and great entertainment you can have in the whole mall, especially in that one area. It seems like things are going to get crazy. Well, I'm hoping so. <laughs> I'll see to it. Well, have a great night, my friend. Thank you again so much, and uh, best of luck with all your upcoming projects, and I'll see you tomorrow. All right. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you very much for the opportunity to be on your show again, and I'm looking forward to seeing you tomorrow too. All right, Brian. Thanks again. Have a great night, my friend. You too, buddy. Take care. All righty. All right, guys, before we get disconnected fully, I do have a couple of uh, quick plugs for shows we got coming up. Uh, we're going to be back September 9th with filmmaker, makeup artist, and actress Athena Frajadko. September 11th, we're having a very special show. I don't like to do shows uh, on September 11th, as everyone could know why. Um, but we are having on singer-songwriter A.J. Croce, the son of Jim Croce. This man has made uh, a career out of music. I uh, can play the piano so very well and has had some, some trying times uh, growing up and, and getting through life as well. So it's going to be nice to talk with him and uh, find out about more about his uh, career and what keeps him going in the face of adversity. Uh, September 12th, we welcome actor, director, writer, producer Peter Elbing. He wrote the screenplay for Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. He is also uh, an actor who's been on numerous TV shows and movies and over a 40-year career, including Murphy Brown, Criminal Minds, Laverne and Shirley, Shaft, what you talk about, and Fuzz. Wow. I don't know why I feel like I have to do that every time, but it's, it, it fits. Big thanks to Brian K. Morris again for joining us. If you guys joined us late, um, you can always check out the archive. It should be up in about 10 minutes. And uh, be sure to check out the full episode. We will see you guys at SillCon. Thank you, everybody, as always, for listening. Have a great night.